Hello and welcome to the Michael Mama Show, Ancient Secrets Revealed. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And uh, today we're going to do a kind of a delicate subject, the truth about Christmas. Uh, you know, the whole idea of Christmas and, you know, who Jesus was, is, and uh, all of that is, I mean, there's so many opinions and it um, seems like no matter what you say, somebody's going to get upset or offended but nevertheless, I mean, especially this time of year with Christmas around the corner, it's um, the elephant in the room. I mean, it's just so central. And, and I think it needs to be addressed. Uh, before we begin, I wanted to thank, I got some cards and letters for the holiday season. You know, Charlotte sent one, other people sent them. And I just wanted to thank everybody. Appreciate it. Got some little gifts and things. It's all very much uh, appreciated. Um, so this whole thing about Christmas, basically it has um, two facets. And I'll start with what I think hopefully is the easier one. And that is um, just a, a note to atheists, agnostics, non-Christians, Christians, basically everybody. And what I'm talking about here is um, <clears throat> for all those people concerned, uh, what does a healthy relationship with Christmas look like? Uh, and so in that regard, if there are two facets to, Chris, to uh, Christmas, one of the very important facets and it's overlooked on so many different levels throughout uh, every year. And that is the, the whole idea of uh, uh, the cultural component and the importance of, of cultural integrity. Uh, I don't care if you're even an atheist, you know, I mean, in, in this regard. And that is that. tradition, we're human beings, human beings, they like it or not, <laughs> you know, we are uh, cultural creatures, we are social creatures, uh, and a culture cultures, the awareness of the individuals, and through the individuals, society, and through the different societies all around the world, the cultures, the mentality of the whole world. And so if, if somebody was like, well, I don't believe, you know, in God or whatever they say, there's still the cultural component, which is extremely important to every individual. I know I've lived in different third world countries and the dominant religion was this or that, different religions. And I never even crossed my mind to think that, oh, they, we should demand equal time for these different major religions <laughs> because it misses the point. A religion 
upholds the culture, upholds society, <clears throat> upholds humanity. And through that culturing, people evolve. And in this time of such polarization between people, between groups, <clears throat> it's almost become become vogue, you know? I think there's a whole idea of a confusion around self-actualization. The idea is to actualize yourself. Uh, there's a no component to it. No, I don't believe that, and I'm going to stand up for what I believe. And <clears throat> on some level, that's okay. I get that. But then on another level, it, it, it kind of can trample the fine fabric of a civilization that supports the life and health of all the people. And so if I'm in a third world country and they're not into Christianity, they're into this <clears throat> or that religion, I can respect that. I do respect that. And we honor that because each civilization has its own unique relationship with God, with divinity. And so what word do we use for God, divinity, what have you? If you're Christian, then the perspective would be, it's the Christ. And so it doesn't matter what religion we're talking about. There's that one thing, that one source. The only way is, is the way oftentimes Christians will put it. You know, Jesus is the only way. Well, there's only one Christ. There's only one unified field. You can say it different ways. There's only one Chaitanya. Different religions say it different ways. In, in the Veda, it's said another different way, you see. And so just basically, just basic respect and honoring and sharing of the feeling, the fine feeling. I mean, I think it's around Christmas time. I mean, even if you're driving in a car, you can feel the group consciousness of the celebration of uh, Christmas, which cultures the heart and the minds of everybody. It's just, it's there. Uh, and that's true for all the different holidays. I mean, my goodness, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, you know, Ohio State University football team. And even when there was an Ohio State University football game, you could feel it. Where you walk into a pharmacy or wherever, and uh, you could—that that was just the group consciousness, and it cultures, you see, a society. And it goes right from you know neighborhood, or even your own family, to uh, your neighborhood, to your town, your city, your state, country, and the world. So that's one component. Scotty, does that all make sense? Do you want to add to that at all? 
Yeah, I was just, it was funny because when you used the Ohio State reference, I was thinking about all of these religions as kind of a sport, you know, like, a, you know, one's football, one's basketball, one's baseball, whatever. It's like you, you can play all these sports and they're all beautiful sports. They're not for, not everybody can play all these other sports or whatever, but it, the whole thing is not to just, you know, I'm only going to play basketball and I'm going to destroy all the other sports. Well, that's, I get your point. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's truth to that. But at the same time, we're brought up in our own culture from childhood. And so there's a orientation of the mentality of the psyche. Uh, like, obviously, I really am very much into Vedic knowledge. And I go to the Sri Sameshwara temple every day. Uh, at the same time, I was brought up Christian. The holidays and things that really, you know, how to say it, float my boat, you know, that, that really fill my heart. Christmas is really, I think for me, the biggest one. And so there are these other different holidays uh, and different religions, and we can honor that. We can respect that. We can see the value of that. Uh, at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't really support us to, you know, abandon those roots that are so deep in the culturing of our own soul and our own heart. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why I think if we, after a number of years as teenagers, adults, whatever, if we start looking at these different premises of Christianity, for example, or, you know, I see it with the Hindus, you know, a lot of the young kids, they come and just the whole thing is weird to them. And so what happens is instead of looking deeper, and getting a deeper understanding, even just from a cultural perspective, but there's more than just the culture, but even just the culture perspective, they can start to turn their back on that fine fabric that has been cultured deep within their heart and soul from childhood. <clears throat> so, You know, I mean, if you ask, if you were to ask me, are you a Hindu or are you a Christian? I mean, you build a Hindu temple. I call it a Vedic temple, but you build a temple. Which are you? Well, heart, soul, culturing of my awareness, I'm an American and I'm a Christian. That's just how I was raised. It's, it's so resonates all the way to the DNA, you see. And so that facilitates the blossoming and the emergence of my own divinity from deep within my being all the way to the surface of life. And having said that, see, the beauty of the Vedic tradition is that the rigor of the understanding, the depth of the understanding, I mean, it's there in the Christian, it's there in the Bible, but it's not articulated to my experience as deeply and as thoroughly, uh, as rigorously, not only from the heart perspective, but even more so in this regard, 
from the scientific or the intellectual perspective, the mechanics of creation, creation, the nature of the whole thing. So I embrace both, but I guess, Scotty, what I'm saying is <clears throat> I embrace them in different ways, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, is it also, is it, do you, what's going to feed evolution the best? Is it, is it just being able to pick up and put down the tool that best serves the moment on that? Or, yeah. or do you go with, okay, how, how, you know, cause it's not just the culture that was developed in this time with you, but generations of people had been cultured and you had, you're a culmination of that. You know, so what what is the kind of? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good good point. Um, and what best serves the moment? I mean, celebrating Christmas, you're going to feel into that, that. And if you're Christian and grace and Christian home and all that, then that value is embraced. Other times the knowledge and the depth and the profundity of the Vedic tradition is so rich that I, uh, I love it, you know, and I, and there's value there. And then of course we got into, as I've talked about in these podcasts so many times, the whole technology that's available and accessible through the Vedic tradition, uh, how to build a unified field generator, you know, a coherence, harmony, radiator if you will you know <clears throat> so so in that sense yes yes daddy you know what best serves the moment you know so anything more on that cultural component study it just it seems like it's like you know one of the problems that we've been having is that i, I don't know if that's the cause of the problem is that that cultural aspect is thinning in a lot of places. Yeah, it's a good point. And there was a study at Harvard University just recently, where as the uh, <clears throat> attendance at churches goes down, uh, mental health problems, uh, suicide rates have been going up. And so what does that say? I mean, from the one perspective, people say, well, it's an opiate of the masses. But from another point, you see, Deep inside, we all feel a, a profound wisdom, a, a unity with life, a communion with life, the, the uh, essential nature of our own being. And that whole thing is supported and cultured through our religions. And so if, you see, if we turn our back on that, because for some reason it doesn't make intellectual sense to us or what have you, there's a tremendous loss there. And see, that's that's the thing, as, as our understanding of what the Veda is, the structure of existence, the nature of existence, as that deepens, even though it's through a Vedic tradition, it enhances and supports our understanding of our own religion, whatever that religion is. Is that make, making sense, Scott? Sure. And, and it also, it just seems like you know, all of these things had their their purity points, you know, where they were more, you know, like, you know, like in touch or in line with, you know, the transcendent or, you know, where this yeah. knowledge is coming from. And now as they start to go away from it, they start to 
get more and more lost. And that's what? and that's why I really like to distinguish between faith and knowledge. To me, faith, and I, and I know people use the word in a different way, and I don't. I'm fine with that. But just for me, the idea of faith is kind of like, well, I don't really know, so I just have faith. It's kind of like blind faith or something. Whereas, particularly now in this day and age, with all the you know unified field understanding and the and the deeper understanding of the mechanic of creation from a perspective of physics, the knowledge that's there in the Veda, it now it's fine, it does make sense. And so, as it as it makes sense, then we can rely on the rigors of the intellectual understanding to purify out, Scotty, any of, you know, superstition or I forget how you put it, but, but any, any distortions or, or any, uh, well, look, I mean, some of these religions, I mean, terrorism in the name of God or what have you, I mean, you know, and even, even back with the uh, Crusades, uh, I don't know that much about the Crusades, but the, from the little I do know, I mean, a bunch of knights going over to Israel and killing a bunch of people, like people with better historical knowledge of it might say I said it all wrong, but you get the point. That is our understanding, not just from that feeling that we can all feel, that place where we feel our oneness with and fill in your own blank. God is, to me, the most meaningful but that sense of unity, that sense of oneness, that sense of divinity, whatever word you choose to use there. But to have that clarified intellectually is great. And, and uh, if we've been exposed to maybe more of a superficial, if you will, understanding of our religion, and so then we take a step back and say it doesn't make any sense. And so we reject the whole thing. That's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And it's a shame. It's a shame because the power of religion, the power of spiritual understanding, not just blind faith, but real knowledge, it's accessible now, which is incredible to me that, you know, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, whatever, when there wasn't the rigorous intellectual understanding uh, available to people, they still, they, they felt it inside. They knew it, you know? And so we have to understand that people associate their religion with that deep sense of divinity within their being. So if in the holiday season, you kind of poo-poo the religion or Christmas or whatever because, oh, it doesn't make any sense and stuff like that. You have to understand you're trampling not just on the religion, but for the person, that, that, that depth of their soul, that fine fabric of their being, that, that knowing that transcends even the need for intellectual understanding. Look at the temples people built before they really had any rigorous understanding. Why did they do that? Because they could feel it. They knew there was truth there, you see? And so we support our religion with whatever degree of intellectual understanding we may have, but we appreciate and honor that deeper value. 
Because then by celebrating Christmas together as a family, if you're Christian, then you're culturing, culturing that fine fabric at the depth of the soul of all the family members and of a community and of a society and of a world. Huh, Scotty? Yeah, yeah. Um, here, here's one for you. You know, like, okay. <laughs> um, take Christianity. Um, Jesus, what, what, you know, like, he's the one that, you know, let's if we take it from that uh, Jesus drops the knowledge on everybody and then it starts to it starts to perpetuate out as we yeah, go, like propagate out or whatever propagate yeah. out to everybody right so uh -huh. their understanding of the knowledge at at first it's like okay it's from me you to me or Jesus to you to me and it seems like does it work like that when you're dropping the pebble in the in the water where it starts to go out and then those waves start to get further and further out they start to dissipate in their understanding of what is is that what's happening and and do you need somebody that embodies that knowledge of christianity or what jesus was really saying to kind of like it's almost like a an electricity where you send in the electricity and you need to like recharge it and send it down the line further. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Here's the thing. For one, I mean, all the writings, the scriptures about Jesus, my understanding were like hundred years, hundreds of years after, after his death. Um, I mean, I know I give a lecture and people walk out of the lecture hall and try to repeat what I say, and that's not quite it. So after a hundred years, you know, but now here, here's the thing. Once you get onto it and however you go about it, if you do it through physics, if you do it through uh, Vedic knowledge, if you do it from rigorous study, what happens is the scriptures that are there, the Bible, deeper understandings of what's there and oftentimes appreciated just on the surface so superficially such an echo of truth that some people just reject the whole thing uh but but once once you get onto the whole mechanism and the nature of the whole thing then you start to appreciate those verses for example in the bible on deeper and deeper levels uh and that's true of any religion you can take vedic literature and take it on a very superficial level, or you can look deeper. You can take the Bible, take it on a superficial level and look deeper. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, even though uh, Jesus may not be physically around anymore, that knowledge that makes sense deep within us is accessible if we're willing to really take a look but the thing the thing is you know i mean let's take a look at the human species people tend to live in i don't mean any fence but you know small little worlds they have a world view that they've been uh trained or indoctrinated into or are uh, uh culturally oriented around and they don't want it messed with. And, and in that regard, 
what is that? Simon and Garfunkel, a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. They'll bring in whatever knowledge resonates with that little worldview, but they don't really expand uh, uh, that worldview and evolve that worldview. And that's very much uh, the state of humanity. And you can even understand why, because again, they see that little worldview and they feel the depth of divinity within them and they equate the two. And so they don't want that little worldview messed with, you know? Um, so human evolution, I mean, real spiritual evolution is, uh, it's a subtle path. And uh, it's, it's all about, as Adi Shankar said, the art of discernment. Are you able to discern? Because it's not really discernment if you have a, a worldview or a longing or a psychological state. And so what you accept as truth or see as truth or are willing to look at and embrace on what you aren't is really based on a very superficial perspective. Uh, as opposed, Because that's not discernment. What's the word there? It's uh, judgment. Yeah. There's a big difference between judgment and discernment. You see? Yeah. It's yeah. funny. I was just thinking about it, like a visual of, of that, of like if you're assessing a whatever particular situation you have, what it actually is, or uh, not the projection, but here's here's what it is. And then you have your perception that you're trying to line that up with, but you know, if you're coming not from the depth of of where discernment should come from, you're coming from that projection of what. Yeah, your identity with that superficial perspective. Right, that line won't won't line up. You know, the, yeah. those, those three things. You know, and so and so then it's just rejected as sacrilege or whatever. You know, don't go there. Don't make me think about that. You know, right. Uh, whereas really evolution, spiritual evolution is about the art of discernment. You know, there was a, I've really, and I've said this before, I think in podcasts, but living in these mountains of Western North Carolina, I've had some great conversations with Baptist ministers. These guys, at least the ones I, all the ones that I've sat and talked with are deep thinkers. And I remember one of them had just heard about me. And so when we finally met, uh, he said to me, I got one question for you. And he said, uh, um, I'm thinking of different questions he asked, but anyway, the, the one that was on my mind, he says, do you believe that, that uh, Jesus is the only way? And it's all he wanted. He just answered me that question. Right. Yeah. And so I, I said to him, well, I said, if by Jesus, you mean the Christ, who and what he knew he was deep within his own being, then yeah, I definitely believe that. The Christ is the only way. You could use a different word, Chaitanya. There's only one Christ. There's only one Chaitanya. There's only one unified field. And that's the only way. There's no going around it or finding a 
viable alternative. There's no substitute. Right. So what's your definition of that? Right. (laughs) You got to say to him. So then I said, well, um, but if by Jesus, you mean, you know, the chunk of flesh, the guy on a personality level, then no, I, 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 I can't believe I told him that nobody went to heaven until after Jesus was born. See, the Christ is eternal. The unified field is eternal and it underlies all existence. So the question then becomes, can you discern what's the distinction between what you mean? What do you mean by Jesus and what do you mean by Christ? Is that making sense, Scott? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He loved it. He went from uh, and we had a, a we had a long conversation, you know, and he went from at first just from what he heard about me. Who is this guy? He's very skeptical to inviting me. He runs a church in the valley here in Asheville, wanted me to come in and speak, you know. And so that's what I'm talking about. Let's deepen our appreciation. The knowledge is there. But we can't um, embrace it on too superficial of a level, because if we do that, then we're either living in denial of deeper understandings, or our our perspective is limited and opens to fanaticism, superstition, all that sort of thing. But just just because our understanding of what people think of when they think of Christianity. just because our understanding of it is so superficial that we can't buy it, and same with Hinduism or all these different religions, it's not okay really to, to turn our back on it because we're sterilizing the human condition, the true nature of what it means to be human. We don't do it because it's an opiate for the masses we do it because there's truth there that resonates with the depth of our soul and our whole mission in life if you will is to take that depth that thing that we are one with that source that is the source of all knowledge wisdom and intelligence at the basis of all existence and facilitating the welling up of that through all levels of our being and if our worldview is too small, too contracted, too narrow, then even if it's done in the name of God, it can obstruct that welling up of the divinity within us that is one with God and having it emerge through all of life and our, and our life and radiate out to all of humanity, the whole world, you see. Does that make sense, Scotty? Sure, for sure. Yeah. It was funny. One time I was having a, a conversation with the um, one of the employees at our work that he was a real born-again Christian. And, you know, we had been talking about some of the knowledge of some of the other, you know, like Vedic. And he's like, well, they have all these different gods and there really is only one God. And I was like, well... I, don't, I think there was something in the Bible that was talking about the many faces of God, you know? Yeah. And, and I was like, it seems to me almost like, you know, what these 
Vedic guys were doing were they were of those faces of God, they were naming those faces of God or those expressions of God. That's that's how they did that same thing. It's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, everybody's talking about the same basis. Yeah, you know, to to my experience in my conversations with Hindus, with, with Vedic pundits, uh, and just, you know, people that come visit the temple, if you get into a conversation about that, they're all very proud to say there's only one God, you know? These are just all different aspects of, of the one, you know? Different faces of God. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's also um, really how we should respect and honor all of the different religions. They're different faces of the one. And just because you want to call it Shiva or you want to call it the Christ or you want to call it Jesus or you want to call it uh, uh, whatever, uh, it doesn't detract from that. It does not detract from that. Is it that there's even competitions within religions, right? Like even the, the, you know, like you said, the Shiva, the group or the, you know, Vishnu mm. group or the, you know, no, who's, who's the one, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing too. Well, so, yeah, see, it's really interesting, even from a perspective of the structure of existence, the quantum mechanical nature, the geometric nature. Uh, and it's, it's like you can embrace that wholeness from one perspective like in the Shiva Pranas, the Shiva Pranas say, you know, the Shiva is the highest God. There's no other God. All the other gods bow down to Shiva. Then you pick up the Vishnu Pranas and it says Vishnu's the highest one, you know. And then, and then even within uh, Hinduism, some become so fanatical about like the Shiva Pranas and what it's saying that they kind of don't have anything to do with Vishnu almost, you know. I mean, there is that. And this, they're just small components, but of, of, of the religion, small uh, factions or cults or whatever you want to call it, but they uh, actually oppose one another. Um, but the thing is, if you really, that's, that's Scotty, that diagram I show in my classes a lot. You look at this diagram, you look at it one way, it looks like it's a diagram of two boxes. You look at it another way, it's three boxes. It's kind of like looking at a kaleidoscope. You can see different patterns. Well, it's the same structure, it's just you're identifying, pulling out different patterns, different faces of God, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and that, it happens with the, the Jews and the Christians, too. And yeah. All that. Yeah. So that's the yeah. nature, I guess. And even the idea like, you know, is Jesus the son of God? Do you believe Jesus was the son of God? Well, the question becomes, what do you mean by the son of God? What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, and and. uh, uh so many, I mean, geez, I love watching or listening to Christian radio and stuff because all those different things. You can see how if you pick pick up what's, what a lot of these different Bible quotes and things are, you pick it up on a superficial level, it does. It just doesn't work. Yeah. But then again, if people choose to just, that's how deep they want to go and they're still very Christian, they love God, they believe, then that's their choice. And if they're good with that, okay. But 
it's, it's a little bit like um, a cell phone. You can use a cell phone without really understanding the mechanics of how it works. And if you're good with that, okay. But the thing is, there have to be people there that understand the deeper underlying mechanic of how it works. Otherwise, the whole thing just becomes a mess. And before you know it, a cell phone is not what it could be, you know. Does that make sense, Scott? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the knowledge is there. It's just a matter of embracing it. And I guess the final appeal here is, I don't care if you're atheist, Hindu, Christian, whatever. When it comes to celebrating these holidays, when it comes to celebrating Christmas, to wish Merry Christmas, to go in a mall and there are Christmas decorations and there's that whole feeling. Or if you're in India and, and it's a Hindu um, celebration, to honor that, to respect that, to embrace that, to enjoy that, to know that that is something that's feeding the fine fabric of humanity and life. And through that, we nurture the psyche, the emotions, the health, physical, mental, all levels of a whole society. And when we turn our back on that, we are tearing apart or assaulting the fine fabric of what it really means to fully express your own true nature, your own divinity. They're all just patterns in that kaleidoscope, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and what, what gets cultured in a person's physiology by virtue of their cultural background uh, is something to be honored. It's not a no holds barred, you know. Uh, that stuff resonates all the way down into the DNA, you see. All right. So if there's nothing else, I think that will do it for today, Scotty. Anything else? Um, just real quick, I was wondering, you know, is it is it good for us to look at it? These are things for us to culture ourselves, not like impose and beat on other people with. <laughs> I don't know if that's a... A good way to put it but you know is, or a good way to look at it you know what i mean by that i i think that as there see it's a it's a almost paradox there yeah do we uh honor another person for where they're at do we tolerate or is it tolerance or is it giving space? You see, those kind of things. There's a subtle distinction that makes a huge difference between tolerance and giving space. Everybody evolves in their own way, at their own rate, from their own angle of approach. And to be able to hold that and support that and support then their own growth and their own evolution uh, is a subtle art. And that can't be prescribed in books because it's riddled with paradox. You see? How to nurture and, and support the growth of people. It's highly elusive, you see. Is that responsive, Scotty? Yeah, yeah. It's just it just seems like it's so prevalent these days where everybody wants to, you know, polarize. Yeah, polarize. Everybody wants to polarize. Everybody wants to ramrod their 
little worldview on all of humanity. If everybody just right. thought the way I did, the whole world would be fine. Eh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. It just doesn't work that way, you know. Uh, we all, you know, if we're each a molecule of water, like I've talked about in previous, you know, trickling down that mountain stream to return to the ocean of oneness eventually, it's all different paths, you know. And if you're going over a waterfall molecule and you're looking at another molecule that's stuck in an eddy current, doesn't do any good to hate them, you know. Yeah. Okay, dope. I guess that's it for now. Unless there's more, Scotty. We're good. There's always more, but next time. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Merry Christmas.